We are back. We sorry we left you. But we do have a dope pod for you to step to. Episode 8, QP Sports Exchange, back on the air. This week we get into the NFC East. We talk about how dreadful the NFC East really is. We go in depth on Dallas and their defensive woes. We talk about Bill O'Brien getting fired from the Houston Texans. And we talk about the very facetiously bang-up job he did as GM there. And we go a little bit into the locker room scene. We give you some NBA Finals updates. Game 3 happened. It was terrible. The Lakers played terrible. And Jimmy Butler got in his bag. And went for a triple-double, but scoring 40 points. We also go into a little bit about who should take over in Houston. Now that Bill O'Brien is gone, we'll give you some of the top choices that are out there. You'll be surprised. Now, what I want you to do is just kick back. Listen to me and Coach T give you the real scoop about what's going on. Enjoy the pod. So we're going to do picks now. Um, What we're going to do is we were doing all of the picks and the feedback wasn't super great on it. So what I'm going to do is pick out three or four games that you want to key in on for my guys who have a hobby of, you know, putting a couple dollars on the games. These are for you. So this Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Baltimore Ravens. That will be in Baltimore. The spread right now as we go on the air which is Wednesday, the spread is 13. Baltimore is favored. Now, here's the thing with that. Baltimore is a superior team. They should win. It should be in no doubt. But here's the thing. Joe Burrow is keeping them in games in Cincinnati with a porous offensive line and a rookie quarterback, and that kid is showing a hell of a demeanor as a quarterback. He looks like the real deal. Cincinnati, don't fret over your record. Just be impressed that you have a quarterback and he's going to take you to some places that you haven't been. It's just not this year. So they're favored by 13 Baltimore is. Here's the other thing. Um, Cincinnati against the spread is 3-0-1. And that's a huge spread. I'm thinking, put your money on Cincinnati. Because I think that what will happen is that the game will never be in doubt. But a late field goal here or whatever. And I think they can keep it somewhat moderately close. So what I'm looking for in this game is like a 33-23 type of game. Game's never in doubt. Baltimore kind of cruises. But 13 points is a lot to give up. Now we go to our nation's capital, the Washington team, the team 
that resides in the D.C. area are taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by seven and a half points. Here's the deal. The Rams are playing well. They did not play their best offensive game against the New York Giants last week, but their defense did hold up. I believe that Washington has better pass rushing ability than the Giants. I think the Rams will win. I don't know if they'll cover. Here's where I think what will happen. I think the running game is going to be super important for Goff to do what he needs to do. So they're going to have to establish the run. I think they'll win. I think they'll win by seven. I just don't think they'll win by seven and a half. So I'm looking for a 28-21 game, Rams win. And D.C., we talked about you on the pod. We got a lot of love for you. So check out the rest of the pod. The third game that I want to look at is the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is my mama's team, Pittsburgh, all the way. She grew up in Pittsburgh. So we're going to go and give the 4'11 white lady a shout out. Love you, Ma. The Eagles are a mess. They're 1-2-1, one, and, one, and really, they don't even deserve to be that. They tied with Cincinnati, which we just talked about how porous their offensive line is. And they're facing a Steelers team that is getting after it. Pittsburgh is coming off a weird week where they didn't know if they were going to play, they're not going to play, then they're not going to play. So now you're looking at a situation that it's a short week for them. I'm going to go ahead and say this game is going to be close. I don't think that the way the Eagles are playing, that they can go ahead and beat the Steelers, but they can make it close. And maybe this is like the loss that it's a good loss because you start to figure some stuff out, I guess, in Philly. I'm just trying to put a bright spin on the Eagles season so far. So I'm looking at a game where it should be something like 31-27, 31-26, and Ben Roethlisberger and the boys from Pittsburgh pull it out. Now the game that everybody is talking about, which is weird, right, is the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. Both teams come into this game 3-1. and one. They're on a roll, both of them. Baker Mayfield is playing a very controlled ball game. He looks like a quarterback. I know. I'm shocked. Not in his ability and not in his talent. I always thought it was there. I just thought the commercials and everything else was bogging him down. He finally has a grown-up as a offensive mind in his head coach, Kevin Spansky. So now they look like a real football team. Indianapolis is winning games as well. They're 3-1, and Phillip Rivers is doing just enough to win games. And it's their defense is really what's holding them down. Their defense is ridiculous. They're holding teams to 14 points a game. So, that I mean, that's ridiculous. So, I'm not sold on Indy's defense. And here's the thing. Cleveland's at home, and they're not favored. So, that tells you a lot about that situation. I actually think that this game is going to be very, very close. And I think a field goal wins it at the end. Dog pound. 
Cleveland, you're going to have something to cheer about. Go ahead and get this victory. 27-26, dog pound, Cleveland. Y'all going to get this dub. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, we back. Week three, Coach T and myself, QP Sports Exchange. We are so happy to be here. Coach, how was your week? Man. Ah. <sighs> Very, very fruitful. All praise to God, man. It's been a, it's been an awesome week. A lot of good things happening. Uh, kind of being pulled in different directions, but that's exactly what I prayed for. So it's been it's been a great week, man. How about you? Oh man, this was a week of blessings, no doubt. Reached out to a couple people in regards to the podcast. We'll give them some production talk later. Reached out to a couple people and had some positive conversations. So looking forward to seeing the fruits of that labor as well. So just trying to get through uh, 90 degree days here in October in Jeez. Southern California. Jeez, man, 90. You know, everybody loves Cali, man. Even if you don't live there, you're like, you know, I got to get to Cali. I want to go to Cali. Like people love Cali, but man, 90, like right now, you know, of course the time difference here over on the East Coast, man, it's 66 degrees. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all, it's cool. You know, we're waking up. It's like in the mid-50s, low-50s, you know what I'm saying? So, it's just been beautiful over this way, man. Oh, pop the sunroof open, you know, roll the windows down, man. You know, type type stuff going on. So, hey, I, I, I hate to brag, bro, but, you know, we got we to gotta do the weather check-in. Man. Hey, man, you, you blessed, bro. I can't even say anything about that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's rough. Like, you, you see, you know, like Chicago and other places and got a little frost on the ground and all that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we're not seeing any of that. And, I mean, it's up and down the whole state. Places that normally right now are like 77 or like 88. So that's what we're dealing with. But you know what? I mean, as long as we got it, may as well go ahead and shine with it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Hey, we're blessed. Get it. Well, Coach, this is going to be a hard – podcast for a couple reasons one we'll we'll get to it later but carolina won again Mm. um we'll get to a little bit later but the first thing that i want to talk about is the nfc east two things that jumped out to me one the whole division is a combined three twelve and one Mm. you know those are a lot of strong fan bases when I, when I look at the NFC East. And, I mean, just, just thinking about Dallas and Philly alone, their fan bases are so hardcore. Normally, I'm happy, right, with the Cowboys having a bad record. You know, but it's almost sad, man, because so many people expected the Cowboys to be really good this year. I spoke to you briefly about how, you know, I did a social media post and, and talked about just telling people, hey, what are your predictions for the season with your team? And, you know, Cowboys fans, as always, they tap in. and We're winning the Super Bowl. This is our year. And to be honest, I actually kind of believe them. I'm like, you know what? I could see it happening. 
And that's rare. That's like me saying Duke's going to win a national title. Like, oh, I don't care if it's like right in front of my face, like facts that they have the best players and the best coach. <laughs> I still don't want to say it. Like, it feels like I'm cursing. Like, I'm saying something awful. Like, uh, you know, I'm talking about somebody's mama or something, man. But That's it's, blasphemous. You know, yeah, facts. And so I actually thought Dallas was, you know I mean? I started, you know, I, I cracked the can of juice open. I started drinking it a little bit. And now they're doing terrible. Washington just, uh, they just got the bad juju, man, around that franchise. So I knew, I, I, I just knew they weren't doing anything. It's just too much stuff going on in Washington. Too much stuff. And you, you, I don't know where to start. You can start in different places from ownership to, you know, the players and things that happen with the guys being released and just the name change and the fact that they're in Washington in an election year. It's just that oh. juju everywhere. I, I know exactly where to start with the franchise that resides in the metro D.C. area. First of all, shout out to Chocolate City. We love y'all. Mm-hmm. We actually say this for your own good, but your owner, he's doing too much. Everybody wanted him to do this name change 15 years ago. And I'm never changing it, never doing it. Soon as the advertisers put pressure on him, hey, we are going to take our name off your stadium and get our money back. If you don't do something, oh, all of a sudden, you know, franchise that resides in the D.C. area, we felt compelled to make a name change. No, money made you make that name change. Shout out to FedEx, who is based in Tennessee, for putting pressure on Daniel Snyder. So shout out to y'all. but. Daniel Snyder had no intentions of changing the name, one. And for you hardcore fans that really love the name, I get it. I understand the tradition and everything. But it's just you got to understand the climate. You got to understand where you are and understand that this is for the greater good, you know, not just for your enjoyment. So just look at it from a 30,000-foot level instead of just, like, right in front of your face. I'm sure you'll come to the same conclusion I did. And then he's always meddling with the um, the organization. Like, you shouldn't deal with football operations whatsoever. Your job is to market football teams. Get people in stands, sell out luxury suites, and brand your team in a way where you're getting more eyes on them. That is your job. Not, hey, I really like this cornerback out of eastern Tennessee State and I want to draft him because his last name is Schneider. No, that's not your get down. Leave the football operations to the football people. And that is my public service announcement for Chocolate City. Vince loves you. Coach T loves you. We do this for your own good. Start putting pressure on that man to do the right thing. Couldn't have said it better, man. Honestly, when you think about it, it's uh, a lot of internal things that, you know, it's just like in life. You have to you have to fix the things internally first before you can really make change. And I think that there are a lot of internal internal things going on with that franchise 
that until they fix those, they just can't progress. Like, and that's what I see, you know, going on with Washington right now. So uh, they got to clean it up, clean the inside up, clean the body of it, you know, and uh, maybe they'll make some progress in the next couple of years. With it. But it starts at the top. And, you know, if you see something bad going on, you got to say something, you got to do it, you got to fix it. Uh, you can't be scared to step out there and be a leader because that's what you're expected to be when you own a football team is to be a leader. So um, they, they got some stuff they got to work on, man. But uh, no playoffs this year for Washington. Uh, unless they go, let's say you know win six or seven games, then they may they actually may make the playoffs in the <laughs> NFC. So let me take that back. Let me they, they they have a win right now, so they're not like the Giants. They're not zero four. So Woo! you ain't said anything better than that. Ron Rivera is in Washington, so I do believe there's a grown up in the room. So I think that as he allows his voice to be more amplified in that franchise, I think he could kind of get around the ownership. I think he actually came in going into it with Snyder as a partner. But I just hope that Snyder does stay out of football operations. Which leads me to Gotham and being 0-4. Listen, Gotham, you got a new game plan. You got an audible, okay? Don't worry about the season. You, your running back is gone. Your quarterback, we just don't want him dead by week 17. Your job is to get said quarterback, year two, Daniel Jones, to end of season without him dying. That is your goal. Do not have Aaron Donald put his hands on him like he did last Sunday. Don't do it. Keep your quarterback upright. If you have to hold, do what you got to do, and then go ahead and get you another piece to your team that you're sorely going to need next year. That is their goal. They should be tanking for whatever other position they feel is an impact position in Gotham. Agreed. Agreed. I think uh, New York, if you lose – three or four more games, it's time to just let the backup play. Don't kill your quarterback. Don't kill your future. If you believe in them, which I, I believe that they do, they need to, you know, preserve them. You know, uh, Saquon getting hurt, you never want to see that. You never want to see such a, you know, bright player on and off the field, does everything the right way, get hurt, especially a knee injury. But we're praying that he comes back and he comes back even better. I've seen it done. Here in Carolina where, you know, Thomas Davis, you know, had three ACL injuries and ended up being amazing for us. So everybody is different. Everybody responds differently when they recover from injuries. So we're praying that he comes back better than ever. Um, but as far as this year, I would go ahead and consider the wash, man, if they lose two or three more games. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. Now, what they uh, actually do, that's that's yet to be determined, but I, I hope they don't try to, you know, just just hurt my man there because I've seen it done where they just let players just hang them out to dry. I, I don't want to see that happen to that kid, even though he's from Duke and he beat my boys in, in, in college. I watched him tear us up. Daniel Jones tore us up when he played for Duke, ran all over us, threw all over us. Um, that's when I realized the kid was pretty good. So 
I think that uh, he can be a good quarterback. You know, I, I will admit it. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't 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 continue to play that kid if you guys are zero and seven. You know, put the backup in. See, that's another public service announcement right there. Gotham, listen to your boy, Coach T. He got nothing but love for you. He loves fashion. He know how New Yorkers get down. And if you don't know how he get down, Mud Talk, get on it. Get on it now. Start listening because season three is coming up. Right, Coach? But, uh, yeah, season three is on the way, man. Mud Talk, the podcast, man. Check me out on all social media platforms. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's Facebook at Mud Talk Podcast. We rocking out with two episodes, man, premiering this Thursday, 10 a.m. as usual. Set your clocks, cut your notifications on, man. I got two episodes, one on fall fashion. One's an interview with a real up-and-coming artist here in Charlotte, man. I'm excited about that. I know you guys are going to enjoy it, man. So, for sure, Mud Talk. Check us out Thursday. So, a little Charlotte love, a little L.A. love. Listen, we need to get Bicoastal on the situation, okay? So, everybody tune in this Thursday at 10 a.m. Now, getting back to this NFC, I don't even want to call it the East. I call it the least at this point. Um, we're looking at Philadelphia, and I am at a loss with what is going on there. I've heard rumors of Wentz changing plays um, on Doug Peterson, so audibling out, um, and they just don't look right. Now, they play San Francisco, um, and I didn't see, even in that game, ingenuity in the offense, basically. I don't, you know, I guess that's a good way of putting it. It just didn't seem like the, the team that went to the Super Bowl, and I'm wondering what your thoughts were on that, Coach Tate. First of all, man, Carson Wentz, as talented as he is, or at least what we believe him to be, because we've seen him – play very well over the last couple of years, you know, with the exception of his injuries and things like that. But this year he is not playing good. Like he's just not. Um, when you look at the quarterback ratings, his is pretty bad. Like it's maybe in the bottom five of the league. I mean, he may have the worst quarterback rating in the league, if I'm not mistaken. That may be a stat we need to pull up and actually just fact check that one. But I've seen somebody post something like, if Russell Wilson threw like 14 straight interceptions, that his quarterback rating would still be better than Carson Wentz. And I'm like, that's awful. So you start with your quarterback. He's the head. He's the leader of the team. He's not playing well. And and that's where it starts. Now, whether they have an issue or disconnect with the coach, I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. But what I see from Carson Wentz is not uh, a quarterback that's playing well enough to win games. It's flat, flat out. But, hey, you're in first place in the NFC East, so <laughs> who are we talking to, man? You know what I mean? They're first place. I guess Sunshiny Days in Philadelphia. His quarterback rating is 66.9, okay? Um, average, his, last year, his quarterback rating was 93.1. So average is – you're looking at probably about like 83 to 86. That would be what they would consider average quarterback in the NFL. So he is 17 points below that, at least, and he's only thrown four touchdowns this season through four games. So it's not getting it done in Philly. They need to fix that, and they need to fix it quick. But like you said, they are in first place, which is incredible just to say. 
I laugh at it. I'm sorry, Philadelphia, but y'all got to get it together. Fix it. Whatever it is, if you need some voodoo person to come in and just get out the bad spirits or, or whatever's going on in your stadium, fix that. For sure, man. Philly, uh, if I had any advice for a Philly fan, man, and it's kind of tough because I actually just had a Philly fan on my podcast um, that'll be airing this Thursday at 10 a.m. on all platforms, Mud Talk. Um, talked to a Philly fan, and he really kind of broke it down about, you know, just, just the state of, you know, the Philly fan today. And it's not any different than it has been in the past, but they're pretty honest about their team. And I would love to ask him, you know, here soon when I get a chance, just how he feels about the football team. Because when, when we recorded that episode, you know, they weren't doing as bad as they are now. So, um, Philly – Keep your head up. You still can make the playoffs. Uh, maybe Carson Wentz and, and, and the head coach gets on the same page. And you guys, maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. But right now, you're in first place. Enjoy it and uh, celebrate success for what it is. Yes, sir. And they also got Doc Rivers. So win, win, right? Football team's in first place. And you got Doc Rivers to coach your basketball team. You can start renewing, trusting the process part two, if you want to call it that, I guess. Maybe. We'll see. I got a lot to say about Philly basketball soon. Soon. Um, that leads me to one last team in the NFC East. And I always say the best for last when it comes to this, the Dallas Cowboys. Congratulations, Cowboy fans. You are the proud owner of a one-in-three football team. Coach T, I got some stats for you, and then I'm going to let you just air it out. First and foremost, Jack Prescott has thrown for 1,690 yards, so the bag is still in play. One problem with that is Zeke Elliott has only rushed for 273 yards. I see a balance issue there. Now, here are the hardcore stats that I want you to focus in on. The Dallas D is allowing 36.5 points a game. Their red zone efficiency as a defense is one of the lowest in the league. They're 30th, and they, they allow 75% touchdowns in the red zone. Also, they allow 430.5 yards as a defense, which also ranks them 30th in the NFL. Coach T, the floor is yours. All right, first and foremost, let's be clear. I don't like Dallas. So, hey, shouts out to Dallas, the city. Um, shouts out to Texas. I would love to get out there one day, man, and really just uh, enjoy that experience and, and, and find out how good the tacos is and everything out that way. They say everything's bigger in Texas. So, hey, shouts out to Texas. And, and right now, here, here's the deal, man. Dak is number one in the league in passing yards. But when, you, when, you're giving, when, you, when you're putting up all the numbers in the world and your team is still losing, and the one win you have is against the Atlanta Falcons, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons, who are currently 0-4. Mm. So, and actually, if you look at that, right, if they sit there and pick up the ball and know the rule, Dallas is on four. 
Yeah. And that's true. That's true. So the, the season is really – it feels like 0-4, but you guys are 1-3. And, and to have so much talent, so many expectations in a season where I think that coming into it, I thought Dallas had a, a, had a good chance of making a run this year. And that's hard for me to say. I said that earlier. But you, you guys are in big trouble right now because I think – if, if you don't make it to the playoffs in this division, which is terrible, would not only be a disappointment, but it will speak volumes to, you know, your head coach who you brought in to be the offensive guy and to, you know, kind of change things up, you know, because I feel like mm. if it was going to go this way, you should have just kept Garrett. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like McCarthy is, you know, maybe he's exactly who they said he was, you know, he's showing that right now. So, Dallas is pretty ugly. Um, I, I know your your fan base, they never give up. They never quit. And I can say that about Dallas. They're the one fan base that no matter what's going on, they are so unrealistic about their team at all times that I think it takes a certain level of commitment or what's the word I'm looking for, man? I don't know, man. It's a word that describes a Dallas Cowboy fan. Myopic. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, man, they're lost maybe. Mm. Every year, and no matter what, you can look at the roster, you can look at the schedule, you can look at the last 15 years of uh, of success or lack thereof, and every year you think you're going to win the Super Bowl. Mm. What do you call that type of person? Insane. Yes. Look, man, y'all got to be realistic, Dallas, okay? You're 0-4. I don't care it says 1-3. You're 0-4. It's like when my kid brings in a D in the house on the stupid grading scale that they got now that they've dumbed down for the children. And, and please, man, PSA to all my parents, hold your kids to a higher standard right now because okay. the, grade, the grading scale when we were in school, uh, uh, what was an A is now a B. I don't know. What was a B is now an A in school. When we, you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they've lowered the grading scale. So Dallas, uh, right now, looks like you got a D, um, but you really got an F. You know what I'm saying? Let's be realistic about your, your, your record, your schedule, everything that you got going on, man. And, and um, I would be pushing for change. Um, Dak may not be the guy. I would, I would probably – I'll be willing to say uh, the end of the season, let's go ahead and just let Dak test the market. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let him test the market. Let's, let's build. Let's rebuild, man. That's what I would do. Uh, Could you imagine if Dallas let that go and with their record the way it is right now, just projecting it out? Could you imagine if this team went somewhere in the in the realm of four and twelve or or five and eleven, and these cats end up with like Justin Fields? I mm. mean, you know, I mean, it's twenty twenty. You know, I mean, I don't like to throw it out there like, oh, everything. Let's blame everything on 2020 because I'm, you know, God first always for sure. So my life has been great 2020. You know, I understand there's a lot of stuff going on and we pray for you every single day. Matter of fact, I fast on Sunday evening till Monday evening praying for the world. Love y'all. But stranger stuff has happened. They don't want to give Dak the bag. I'm sure somebody else will. They can literally kind of look up 
into their next franchise guy. The way they are now, I, I just they they show me nothing that I should think this. But I just think there's too much talent. I don't think I don't think they're a team. I think there's just too much talent that they don't find a way to get this together and start winning ball games and they get to like nine and seven. For sure, it could happen. I mean, they clearly can put up points. That's that's not the problem. They can score points. If the defense can just somewhat piece it together, somewhat, whether that's the D-line, just getting more pressure on the quarterback, getting some turnovers, doing something that's going to help separate the team, you know, just kind of help separate them a little bit. Because the defense, just a few turnovers a game, a few more sacks a game will help separate them, right? Because they're going to score the points. They're going to score. Dak's been getting them down the field. And if Zeke ever, if that running game ever wakes up, then you got to just, you, you got even more problems on your hands. So like you say, I could see it happening. I could see Dallas going on a run, but ultimately if, if they don't make a deep run, they, they really got to make the decision and say, is Dak worth the money that he's commanding? And I can honestly see how they would, you know, walk away from that and say, hey, go test the market. Go, go see what you're worth out there. They would look real smart if they end this season with a below 500 record, even though I said I thought they could go ahead and win nine games. They would look incredibly smart if they did finish below 500 and let that go on the market because – I'm sorry. I don't care how good your numbers are. If you're putting up lights out numbers and your team is six and ten, it means absolutely nothing to me. I saw I'm old school, right? I saw like Alex English score like thirty four points a game as a Denver Nugget. And they just they never tested the Lakers or anybody else in the West for championships but he scored a lot of points he was an all-star every year and i don't take anything away for that man i'm just saying there was not enough team around him and i see that in dallas and the way i see it is you have one of the best running backs in the nfl you could extend drives a little bit and keep your defense off the field i mean quick strike plays are awesome it's a offensive league now, but you're putting your defense in peril if you're always losing time of possession. Completely agree, man. It's uh Dallas, you you have all the tools in the toolbox, man. It's time it's time to start using them. But in the end of the day, because of the NFC East and the state of the NFC East, somebody is gonna win seven games and make the playoffs. Let's just hope that it's you guys. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hope, man, because if you guys don't make it out of the NFC East, that first round game or that wild card game for somebody is going to be just a layup, man. It's going to be a layup. It's like an NCAA tournament when you the one seed's playing the 16. You get what I'm saying? Hey, you go ahead and chalk that one in as a victory in most cases. So um, that's that's going to be the that's going to be the case. So so what you telling me, Coach T, is Dallas is going to be the equivalent of Iona. In the March of Madness. For sure. For sure. <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to be. And if I'm, uh, you know, the first place team and I have the luxury of playing them, man, I, I'm happy. 
let's just hope it's Dallas. You know, it could be, <laughs> I, it could be Washington. It could be Philly. <laughs> like, I mean, they're all kind of neck and neck there, you know? So, so who knows, man, but it's, it's definitely like going to be a one versus 16 seed type matchup in the playoffs for somebody. Yeah. At 0-4, the Giants are still alive in their division and have a really good chance of winning it. That's yeah, all you need to say about that. Yes, sir. That's crazy. <laughs> that is nuts, man. That is nuts. That's this is so something bad. that happens in the NFC South, man. We, we've seen that happen here, so it, it's, it's weird. It, it's fun to see it happen somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We're, we're surprisingly competitive um, right now, <laughs> with the exception of Atlanta, but, you know. NFC East, y'all got the bug right now. Mm. Yeah, the NFC East would love to be the South with Carolina being 2-2. Two two. You know, yeah, they got Atlanta. But Atlanta, we talk about you every week. And, and I don't like bringing up negative. Man, uh, maybe Ludacris can throw some kind of concert. I mean, maybe it have to be virtual or something. But maybe Ludacris have Atlanta rise up because the Falcons – they are absolutely done. They are definitely playing for 2021. When do you move on? When is it safe to say you can move on from a, a slogan, a team slogan, like a rise up or, you know, here in Carolina, keep pounding does, it, 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 it has some sentiment to it, right? Because of uh, Sam Mills and, and the things that it's connected to. So it's kind of hard to say, let's move on from keep pounding. But when your team is getting pounded and they're not making the playoffs, like, can we convert that slogan into something else and still rep Sam Mills? Because I don't know if it works for us right now. You know, I think – and I love Sam Mills. I love everything he stands for. You know, having a statue, he deserves it. He, he was an awesome player here in Carolina. He probably – originated that whole or kind of pioneered the linebacker movement here in, in Carolina where we're just accustomed to having great linebackers uh, with the exception of this year, of course. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, you know, up until, up until, you know, this year, we've always had a pretty good core of linebackers here in Carolina. And Sam Mills is responsible for that. He overcame a lot with his battles with cancer. And then his son was on the staff and, you know, he, he holds a special place here, but I'm just talking about the slogan itself. When is it okay to move on. Atlanta, the rise up thing ain't working. You know what I'm saying? It's time for somebody to to, to, to come up with a new slogan, man. Y'all got a ton of artists. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's Atlanta, man. Somebody can come up with a new slogan for Atlanta football team, right? Yeah, for sure. Somebody do something to help that organization out. Or you can just trade it to the Hawks because Trey Young, give it to, give it to the Hawks because they trying to rise up, but yeah, y'all need to let that go. Switch it out a little bit, man. Hey, man I'm, I'm challenging all the rappers in Atlanta, man, and it's a ton of rappers in Atlanta, man, like some of the best to ever do it in Atlanta. Somebody come up with a new slogan for the Atlanta Falcons. Shout them out. Shout uh, out some of these artists. Man, 2 Chains, T.I. Yeah. Somebody, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. give, it, give it to 2 Chains. Let 2 Chains come up with a new slogan for Atlanta. And, you know, maybe that'll inject some life. You know, and into that into that franchise, I got too much talent to be zero and four, bro. Yeah, yeah, it don't make any sense. It and makes T. I. no sense. Ti, I expect better from you. You're supposed to be the king of the south. Do something. Do something. Help that franchise out. 
Y'all help him out, man. Y'all might even need to have Chains get out there. Chains pretty tall, man. Put him at, I don't know. We can find a position for Chains out there. Maybe, uh, you know, wide receiver. Maybe he can throw the pill a little bit. I don't know. Put him at a tight end position. You know, he about, what, about 6'6"? Six, six? Let yeah. Chains run a tight end. <laughs> Listen, all we want you to do is run a fade, bro. That's it. Fade to the corner of the end zone. I know, I know Chains can hoop, man. I know that for a fact. I know I know he can play ball, man. He plays oh, ball that's what you do? Yeah, he definitely I got a can per- play ball. I got a perfect position for 2 Chains. 2 Chains, if you're listening, bro, shout out to you. But could you imagine him on special teams, like on field goal opportunities, and he got hops? He don't have to jump over anybody, just jump up. Bet the ball out the sky. They win, they win games. Kicks. This is a yeah. whole other element. Hey, man. Yeah. All right, we figured it out. We figured out what Atlanta needs right here, right, right here. Right here on QP Sports Exchange, man, right here with Vince and Coach T, man. Listen, Atlanta, first things first, you need a new slogan. Rise up, mm-hmm. throw it in the trash. All right, find your nearest trash can, ball it up, and throw it away. Next, get two chains and, and make him a special teams guy. We're going to put him on a, on a punt block formation. And we're going to yes. put him on a field goal block formation. And he's going to block some kicks. And, you know, that's going to be the difference of you guys winning some games. Yes. All right? So if and you play listen, routes to the end zone. There it is. There it is. We just gave y'all the answer, man. Y'all, y'all can, uh, you know, uh, submit your checks, man. We'll, we'll tell you where to send them to. That's right. We definitely will. Now, that leads me to another team that we pray for in another city that we pray for. Houston, shout out to you. Listen, we feel bad, but Bill O'Brien got fired. Coach T, it finally happened. I called it about three weeks ago, I think, right before you came on the pod. I said, Houston might be looking for a basketball coach and a football coach in the very near future. I'm sorry that I look like Nostradamus. I'm sorry I look like prophets, but I call it as I see it. And God gives me this to give to y'all. So here's the deal. Here's a breakdown. Last couple years, Coach T, of Bill O'Brien's reign in Houston. So check this out. Okay, I got a report from inside the locker room that two weeks ago, he blew up at the team, blew up at the offense, and started pointing fingers at the money man, Deshaun Watson, and the West of the offense. That's point one. This is a dude that also is the GM of the team, no longer, thank God, who traded Clowney away, who traded DeAndre Hopkins away. He got back Brandon Cooks, who has been concussed six times. That's not exaggerating. I'm a LA Ram fan for life, and I know he had three last year. And they also got Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks cannot hold a candle to DeAndre Hopkins. Just because you get two over one doesn't necessarily mean good things. And now here's the last thing I'll say, Coach, and then you can take it over. Right now, the Texan salary cap is two hundred and $55 million. They have the worst cap of anybody in an NFL. 
And would you admit that he probably lost his job because of his decision-making as a general manager? I would agree with that because I, I can't even imagine how you trade one of the best wide receivers in the game who are, who's doing it real big. It wasn't like he was falling off at all. You trade him to Arizona. Do you get first-round picks back? No. Do you get maybe, like, key offensive linemen that you desperately need to guard Deshaun Watson? No. You give your quarterback $140 million, and your offensive line is terrible. This is bad management. This is terrible decision-making. We are critical of you because of your track record. We are critical because these decisions by even layman's looks absolutely asinine. So you getting it, Bill O'Brien, a lot right now because these decisions, you shouldn't have been in the position you were in. GM shouldn't have been your get down. You should have gave that to somebody else. That's what you should have done. You came over from Penn State thinking, oh, I'm going to run the same program. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be GM, coach, jury, executioner. No, man. Listen, Belichick does it right. He got people, people who scout, people who do pro scouting, people who do overall scouting, people who just scout on his team. Like, listen, if I was another team, this is how I would attack you. That's why they're as great as they are every year. That's why they don't have an 0-4 record this year when they lost the greatest quarterback of all time. That's why. So, Coach T, I gave you his information in chronological order, but speak about Deshaun Watson, what he's going through right now as a lone wolf, and then speak to how to Houston fans that this is going to take a while to get out from under. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's unfortunate for Deshaun Watson just because you watch a guy who who came from Clemson, um, who, who you know everybody around here roots for Deshaun Watson, even if you're not a fan of Houston, you, 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 you root for him. You hope that he does well. He's a black quarterback in the NFL. That's another reason to root for Deshaun Watson. Excellent guy. Just got paid, got the money he deserved. But when you go from being up on the Super Bowl champs, like not too long ago, 24 points, if I'm not mistaken, and to turn around and you haven't won a game since, right? <laughs> you haven't won a game since mm-hmm. then. That's, that's just tough to swallow. I feel for him in a sense that your offensive line right now is letting you down because if, if he just had more time in the pocket, Deshaun Watson would make something happen, man. I, it, the offensive line is awful. Somebody tweeted out, it's um, a lady I follow on Twitter. She, she has a sports podcast and she was talking about, you know, this is what needed to happen. It, you know, now Deshaun Watson's going to play better. I'm like, no, guess what? Bill O'Brien doesn't play left tackle. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't, he doesn't play center. He doesn't play guard. So 
Deshaun Watson's still playing behind that same offensive line. And if they had an issue with the coach, why take it out on Deshaun Watson? Why say we're not going to block for Deshaun Watson? He ain't the coach. He, he, he don't have anything to do with that. You, you block for your guy. You know what I mean? That's your man back there. You protect them. That's your job. That's what you get paid for. And that's not what's happening there. The offensive line is hanging that man out the dry. He's getting beat up. It reminds me of a rookie quarterback coming into the league. I don't know. What, what's the rookie quarterback they had back in the day? Carr? Was it David Oh, yeah. Carr? Yeah. David yeah, that was David Carr. Beat up so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was Ole. Every time he hiked the ball, boom, sack. I mean, he took, he took a record amount of sacks. And, you know, Deshaun, Sean Watson is a, a mobile guy. He's extremely mobile. But I don't care how mobile you are, man. You're not getting away from the constant pressure that he's facing every game. So, to me, that's the sad part. And until they shore up that offensive line, I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the, the, the general manager is. It's not going to change right away. They're going to have to draft. They're going to get, you know, get into free agency, and they're going to have to find him some help. Protect your quarterback, protect your asset, and then, you know, you can go forward from there. And also, just as a note, to the Charlotte area and the South Carolina area, Dabo Sweeney has no interest in the now vacant Houston Texans job. This is just in. He has no interest in that job. Even though Deshaun Watson is the quarterback and that team is struggling at 0-4, Dabo Sweeney has said, no. I am not interested. I'm building a legacy here at Clemson, and that's what I'm focused on. And I 100% believe in what he is saying right there. I don't think he wants to have anything to do with this. He didn't look at Clemson as a second stone. So much love. South Carolina and North Carolina area, Davo Sweeney is not going anywhere. Sorry, UNC fan, Coach T, your thoughts. Yeah, I, if I was Dabo, I wouldn't leave either. I mean, he's in a position similar to Nick Saban where why would you leave? You know, that's the number one question. Like, why would you leave? Uh, You've you, you built a, a powerhouse. You can do no wrong where, you at, where you're where you currently at in your career. It's only going to get better. You, you could probably be the coach at Clemson until you decide to retire. You're making a buku amount of money. What, what desire or want do you have to go to the NFL and, and clean up a mess and then deal with the egos of a grown man? You know, I, I don't blame them. Stay where you're at, man. You know, keep doing, doing what you're doing down there in Clemson. Keep, keep building those kids up. And, and uh, you know, it's a factory down there right now. And it's, it's, it's largely in part, you know, uh, to, to the type of coach he is, the type of staff he has, and just the morals and the things that he stands for. So um, if, I, if I'm Dabo, you know, I, I wouldn't leave either. I, I don't blame him. And the NFL does not look interesting to me. It doesn't look like a, a snicker bar. If, yeah, I would compare it for me to a snicker bar. And I try to stay off of them, haven't had one in about a week. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing good. But if I'm in the grocery store and I see that snicker bar, I'm going to want to buy one, you know. The NFL don't look like a snicker bar to Dabo. You know what I mean? Just, just, nah. You know, he's got a good, good. He's got a good gig out there. Now, some more breaking news for you, and then I'm going to talk about something that is really important to me. The other breaking news is that there is, there is smoke on Lincoln Riley to the Texans. So Oklahoma, Norman, where you at? 
Yo, this is not a Charlotte park. Listen, we love Charlotte. We love Los Angeles. We love a lot of cities, but we love the world. Oklahoma, your boy is still looking to get out at OU, okay? You think your legacy program, your boy is looking at the grass being greener on the other side. Coach, two things on this because I'm going to ask two questions. Lincoln Riley going to Houston Texans or hear about this. Why is it Devil Sweeney and Lincoln Riley are automatically thought for this job, but Eric Bieniemy, who is the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, rolls around with Pat Mahomes every single day. He not getting no love? Bieniemy can't get any love. You know, it seems like, and I hate to cut you off right there, it, it seems like the NFL, they tend to, they want the next big thing, right? They want the next young coach that they can keep, uh, you know, build them into a superstar. You know, they're quick to try to grab that guy, even if that guy is not who you think he is, right? When we look at Lincoln Riley, look, Oklahoma, I just recently watched the game just because of Spencer Rattler. I wanted to find out if the guy was – everything that they, you know, they, they said he would be. Mm-hmm. He, he was impressive. He, he, he can sling the ball around. He's young, right? He threw a lot of interceptions in the game I watched. But I do see a ton of potential in him. But li- listen to me when I tell you this. Oklahoma has been the same team for a long time. They're going to score points, but they play no defense. Okay? Is that what you want, right? Is that what uh, you want down there in Texas? Uh, you know, I would ask Lincoln Riley, why, how can I put this? Year in and year out, you're content with having a bad defense. You can predict it every year with Oklahoma. It's predictable. I don't care how many games they win. If they make it to the playoffs, you're going to say, guess what? Oklahoma's going to score, man, but they they ain't going to play no defense. We know that about Oklahoma, but why has it been that way year in and year out? We don't say that about Nick Saban, do we? No. we, We don't say that about LSU. You know, it doesn't matter who the coach is. They're going to play some defense to a certain extent, right? We don't say that about Clemson. They play defense. Oklahoma plays no defense. And for you to be a great coach and the next big thing, why can't you find a D coordinator on your staff that understands how to build players and call good plays or scheme up? Whatever you got to do, you're Lincoln Riley, right? You're the man. You're the guy that everybody wants. But that's the part to me that I, it would tell me, hey, I don't want anything to do with that guy, right? He has not proven that he can at least fix that problem at Oklahoma. I don't care about the tradition. I don't care about, you know, I don't care about all of that. Find a way to build a decent defense at Oklahoma. Because to me, you're just an offensive coordinator. That's what I look at it as. You know what I'm saying? Like Lincoln Riley, you're perfect for an offensive coordinator job, but definitely not a head coach job, man. That's my two cents on that. I love you, Oklahoma. I watch your game. It's exciting to watch your offense, but your defense stinks, man. I'm sorry. So the four leading candidates, I guess, on their wish list of people they want are Davo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, of all people, and Jim Harbaugh. So I say again, Eric Bieniemy has been in the NFL for a long period of time. He's worked his way up, running back coach. He was an offense coordinator in college for a little while. 
now he's been an offensive – he was a consultant at first, and now he's the coordinator over at KC. And I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at the points, and I'm looking at the quarterback that he is the coach, and I'm going, I have, I have Deshaun Watson, who, in fact, their success hasn't been the same, but they kind of wanted to, or their quarterback group, of like the next up and coming, right? So you can't take the offensive coordinator away from the Kansas City Chiefs to make them a little bit weaker and add him as your head coach and bring some of that innovation to your football team? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Here's what I have to say to that. And only time will tell, right? Because – we know the NFL, right? There's not enough African-American head coaches. Let's be clear. It'll be easy to jump uh, to conclusions here and to say that it has something to do with race. I don't want to do that. I don't want to preach that. I don't, I don't want to speak that into existence. But what we will see is if that is true, the list that you just talked about, right? If that is true, they still got to interview a black head coach, right? They, just they just my rule, right? They have, to, they have to, right? They have to. And that's the, that's the part that sucks, right? And I hate. The NFL really has to. They took a step with the rule, right? I get that. They took a step. They acknowledged that it was a, a problem. And that, that's, the first, that's the first phase, right, to, to fixing something, right? You, you have to look in the mirror and say that this isn't right. Now what can we do? All right. That is not enough. You know what I mean? They already have a list that doesn't include this guy. Why doesn't it include him? He's a black man. He has experience. It just, it's a part of a Super Bowl winning team. You, you can debate whether if it was a white man who was the offensive coordinator, would he be on that list? Mm. Hey, you got to ask that question. And I'm sorry. Look, guys, I, I'm just being honest. Look, I don't like to preach the negativity. You know me. I'm a half-full type guy. I love the positivity. I, I, I live off of it. That's what I'm about. But when I see this, I immediately think that we have an issue here that's, that's deeper than football. Like, he has the experience. He has the track record. He just won a Super Bowl. MVP quarterback putting up crazy numbers under Andy Reid, who has a ton of a wealth of experience. What else does he need to be on your list? But Lincoln Riley's on the list? Mm. And, I just, and I just broke it down to you. Lincoln Riley ain't won a title. Newsflash, right? Has he? Right. Has nope. he won a championship? No. Nope. Right. Has, has he built a defense on a college level? He can't even build a defense on a college level. And the crazy part is that he getting dudes drafted into the NFL on a regular basis, first-round picks, that are from a defense. That doesn't even compute to me. I can understand the offense being drafted in the first round, the C.D. Lambs of the world, the Kyler Murrays of the world, the Baker Mayfields of the world, uh, Marquise Brown, who's up in Baltimore, showing out. Much love to that brother. But when you look at this team and you see when they play like the Ohio States of the world and they play the Alabamas of the world, and they play the Clemsons of the world. Because Clemson, they lost so much off that defense in the last couple of years. It is incredible. They still bring nothing but noise from that defense because he builds 
defensive lines. The, the dudes graduate or go to the NFL early, don't worry about it. We got five more where they came from, Bork, and they bigger, stronger, faster, all this other stuff. Dabo does that. Saban does that. Lincoln Riley does not do that. There's two sides of the football. Proven. And, and, and we're just going based on facts. These aren't opinions. Guys, if you watch college football, you've seen Oklahoma. It's the same story every year. It's the same story every year. And, and you can even and, – and, and, I, and I don't really like to give Nick Saban a ton of credit all the time because, I mean, he's, he's a great coach. He is a great coach, right? Um, I don't want to take anything away from him. But even Nick Saban, right, they had this tag down there in, Atlanta, uh, in Alabama where – and we still believe this to this day to a certain extent that they, they don't care who their quarterback is at Alabama. They don't care. They don't care that the guy's a superstar. He doesn't have to be. It, it, they, they've seen it, you know, with Greg McElroy to – I mean, you name it. They don't need a superstar at quarterback. They're going to have so many good players at every skill position. The quarterback position does not matter. It's not going to determine whether they're going to win a national title or not. It's been proven. But guess what has happened? He still found a top-notch quarterback. He's still, he's still getting better. And we're talking about Nick Saban here, one of the all-time greatest, quarter, uh, greatest coaches to ever, you know, coach in, in, in college football. And he's still getting better. But Lincoln Riley, it's okay that, that he's not getting better, right? That he's, he's content but his defense being trash year in, year out. And they're the reason that they can't get over the hump and they can't, you know, win a national title because he can't figure out how to get the right pieces in place, whether that's the kids or whether that's the, the coaching staff. But it all comes back to him. You're the head honcho, you're the head honcho bro. You, but you're on the list. You're on the list, right, to get the NFL head coaching job. But my man, African-American with experience, Super Bowl champion, what else do he need to do to be on the list? What else does he need to do to be on your list? It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. And here's the other thing. We are not first take. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. I love those brothers. But we don't sit here and go, like, let's, let's get everybody riled up. No. We're trying to bring everybody together. We want to crack a couple jokes, give you some information. But when it comes to these types of situations, we're going to have to talk about them. We have to. We don't have another choice. Because here's the thing. Davo Sweeney is making $9,315,000 a year. I can tell you why he's not leaving Clemson. That's, what, that's the starting point for the NFL people. Hey, bro, if I leave Clemson, we're starting there. <laughs> okay. When you start to get to 11, 12 million, call me. But he doesn't want to leave. Nick Saban, same way. $8,857,000 a year. They're not leaving. Lincoln Riley, on the other hand, making about six, six million three hundred and eighty-four thousand four hundred and sixty-two dollars That is what Lincoln and Riley is making. As like the head bad. football coach. <laughs> Yo, his bag is super strong. Goodness, the whole man. thing is, yo, yo Lincoln. Shout out to Lincoln Riley, man. Yo, hey. No matter what we say, bro, your bag's super straight, bro. Like, hey, dog. Super straight. <laughs> Stay at Oklahoma, score 50 points a game, give up 45 points a game, 
go to the national championship, get blown out by 20, and we still straight. This, hey, listen, that's what I'm saying. He's the ninth highest paid coach in all of college football. If I told you the other names, like, down here, man, I don't know what they're doing down at Texas A&M. College Station, shout out to you. I don't know what they're doing down there, but Jimbo Fisher making seven million five hundred thousand. A hundred. Shout out Jimbo, getting that bag, brother. Getting that bag, bro. You goodness <laughs> gracious, man. You and for Harbaugh, man, I get it. It's it's big blue. You know what I'm saying? Like he making a lot of money too, bro. He ain't even doing nothing either, man. Let's, I mean, I'm sorry, bro. Like y'all, y'all, y'all have so many expectations up there. And rightfully so. I think some sometimes they're still living in the uh, uh, Charles Woodson era. You know what I'm saying? They, they're hoping, Are they? Uh, Charles Bo Kim Buckler, yeah. Yeah, Bo Kim uh, Buckler. Yeah, offense and defense. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Hopefully, uh, you know, they all reincarnate him some kind of way. And I, I get it. You, you got to have high expectations. You know, I get it. But, man, he's getting paid a ton, man. 7.5 mil. Hey, Harbaugh, what's good, brother? Hey, you blessed, man. Hey, hey, if you ever want to get on the QP Sports Exchange, man, we welcome you on here, brother. We're open arms. Hey, no. shout out to Michigan. Y'all rocking that Jordan on your chest. Hey, so, hey, it's hard to say something bad about you. And I know a lot of good people from the state of, you know, state of Michigan. So, hey, man, shout out to y'all. Oh, I'll do, a, I'll do a special shout out. Chris, you know who you are. You my homegirl. Shout out to you in Michigan. Go Amazing Blue. Charlie, I know who you are. You know who I'm talking about. Shout out to the Amazing Blue. Michigan, we love y'all. Real, real big. When I was in my extradition to Boston, I made a little stopover in the Detroit area for a little while. And, uh, you know, did that whole thing for a couple months or whatever. But Ended ultimately ended up in Boston and spent 15 years there. So, shout out to you, Michigan. We love y'all, Detroit Pistons. Y'all got to get y'all act together. And the Lions, yeah, I, yeah, I, mm, I, yeah. The Lions are the Lions. <laughs> you know, uh, if nothing's changed in 2020, the Detroit Lions have been consistently the same. So <laughs> nothing's changed, you know. Uh, I, I almost, you know, we're in that club, you know, Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, we're all in that same club of teams that just uh, are franchises that consistently just are really, really bad, you know, um, for long stretches of time. Hey, we made it to the Super Bowl, but nobody remembers the team that loses the Super Bowl. They only remember the winners. So unless you're the Buffalo Bills and you just lose back-to-back to back Super Bowls. To back four. Yeah. In a row. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only reason people remember them for losing. But uh, I had a lady tell me, and she knows who she is, man. She was uh, she's a Cowboy fan. She was on um, was on Instagram earlier, actually. She was uh, she posted on her story, and she was like, uh, it was a picture of a of a clown, you know. And she was like, me being a Cowboys fan every year. And I'm like, I I, re- I responded. I said, at least y'all got some Super Bowls. Try being a Panthers fan. She's like, y'all got a ring? Y'all want a ring? Then y'all win one back in 2003? I was like, no. We, we no. haven't won nothing. We haven't won anything. No. We, we don't have any Super Bowls. So, we, so, so try being a Panther fan. 
before you talk about, you know, you feeling like a clown and all this. Hey, you can always remember Troy Aikman and, uh, you know, uh, Michael Irvin and uh, Emmitt Smith. Y'all, y'all mm-hmm. all got, you know, you can always fall back on that. You know what I'm saying? You got something to fall back on. The glory years. Well, see, in North Carolina, y'all have college basketball to fall back on. Yeah, I said Hoop so, State, baby. Oh. Hoop State, baby. So, you know, it's like, listen, the Panthers, not good this year. We got to get up for – we got to cape up for all our North Carolina teams because Panthers not doing it this year. So, get real familiar with your um, incoming freshmen for Duke and North Carolina. I, I didn't forget about you, Wake Forest. I, I swear, I did not forget about you. NC State, I didn't forget about y'all either. So, you know, get your, you know, get your programs ready and start looking at your basketball teams and 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 see what goes on there. <laughs> Very excited about college basketball. Very excited. We we we, we got to bounce back this year. Chapel Hill last year. Coronavirus saved our lives. Ooh. All of us. Coronavirus. It saved us, right? Because Duke and everybody else. Was ready to brag about how Carolina didn't even make the tournament. Probably wasn't even going to play in NIT for the first time in forever. But guess what? Coronavirus came in, and God said, "Nah, uh, mm-hmm. y'all ain't gonna be able. To, y'all ain't gonna be able to talk about Chapel Hill that way. We don't mm-hmm. have. We don't even have a champion from last year. Nobody made the tournament. Nobody I said it. Nobody made it. Yeah, I'm that fan. I'm that guy. E- so even hey, though, we all star impressed this year. Even though UCLA was about to make a super run. Facts, facts, man. Like, it was about to get real ugly. Like, and when that swung in, they said, oh, they canceled the tournament? Oh, word? Uh, I think we had just won a game in the ACC tournament or something. We had to uh, play. We were in a play-in game, I think. Something stupid, man. It was, it was ugly, man. But uh, then they shut down the ACC tournament. I was like, oh, you know what? This ain't that bad. We're going to get out of here, Scott, free. You feel me? Like, we, oh, yeah. Hey, I ain't about to talk about ahead. us. We can go ahead and watch that 2019-2020 UNC uh, season away. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we don't bring that up. That's old, that's old stuff. We don't bring that up. But out here, UCLA, who struggled in the first part of the year, got embarrassed in Maui at the first part of the year, had figured it out. Cronin had injected some Cincinnati Bearcat into the broom. And they were Ding people up left and right. And they looked like they were about to be that team that nobody really wanted to face in the tournament. I was a little upset about that, but I was kind of going like, you know what? Another year, another year together, another year of cohesion, and we'll see what we get this year. I'm excited about that. Excited about basketball season. And for some reason, they say they're going to start it on time. So November 25th is the day. Hoop, college hoop fans, you know we're going to talk about this. Because Coach T is a North Carolina junkie. Tar Heel till he die. Yes, sir. So, I mean, there's going to be some bragging rights. with it. There'll be something. There'll be something. I don't know what it's going to be. But we'll put something up. And we'll see, like, okay, you got you got North Carolina, I got UCLA, we'll figure it out. And God forbid we face each other like in the Sweet 16. 
And I can see that I can see that happening too, just because, just because, man, it'll end up happening. So that'll be pretty cool though. The, the low key, gentlemanly trash talk would be on full effect just for everybody's record. And so. I usually talk after the game. I'll talk after the game because I get so nervous doing Carolina games, man. It's crazy, man. I, I t- I'll talk after the game. When it comes to Duke, I'll talk junk before the game. Like, you, you know, they bring, we bringing it all week. You know what I mean? A week of the game, two weeks before the game, we bringing it, man, because it's just – we don't like y'all, bro. Selling wolf tickets <laughs> everywhere. We don't like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all my Duke people. I say it all the time, man. I know a ton of good Duke fans, man. Great people, excellent people. Shout out my Aunt Dawn, man. I love her to death. Graduated from Duke, man. Awesome, amazing person. One of the best women in my life. Um, so – um, it's not an indictment on Duke fans, the, the people. Uh, I just don't like y'all color of blue, bro. Or That's right. Ask Scott. I mm. ain't coach, you know, the coach K, uh, you know, he's probably a great guy too, but hey, I ain't feeling him either. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. Mm. Go Heels, baby. The intensity is real, Durham Cameron Crazies. The intensity is real about your squad and how Coach T feels about it. So if you didn't know, now you know. But see, here's the thing. Here we go. Here we go. Coach T, we got to let them inside the production meeting a little bit and then we'll get to the finals and then we got to go. But there's a new situation that they can sound off on that just started, but I'm going to give you the floor so you can explain it to them and where they can find us on the ground. For sure. For sure, man. So, uh, the page went from under construction to it's completely out, man. It's, it's ready to rock and roll, man. So you can get us, uh, you can find us at any time at QP sports exchange, on Instagram, interact, shoot us DMs. I got into a, a pretty healthy debate with a guy actually right away about LeBron James as soon as I created the <laughs> So he was, you know, he eventually gave up because, I, you know, he was like, you're a LeBron fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm a LeBron fan, but, bro, I'm talking about, you know, the fact that I'm old enough and I've been blessed to be on this earth long enough to see Michael Jordan play in his prime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around long enough to see Kobe Bryant from the beginning to the end. Rest in peace, Mamba. I've been around to see LeBron's very first game as a kid coming out of high school to score double figures, average double figures against grown men his first year in the league, which hasn't been done by any player who was straight out of high school. I don't care if it's Kevin Durant. I don't care uh, it was Kobe Bryant. I don't care. I don't. You name any player that came straight out of high school to the NBA. Well, Tracy McGrady, too. None of them averaged the numbers LeBron averaged straight out of high school. So from day one, this guy has been dominating. So you're not about to tell me that, that he's not the GOAT, right? You can debate with me about it. We can talk about it. But when it's time to drop facts, bro, I got you. So uh, the Instagram page is already on fire, man. It's locked and loaded, man. Y'all tap in, man. Hey, I'm open to you know, respectfully um, agreeing to disagree or whatever the case is, you know, if we're talking about something. But in the end of the day, we're talking about LeBron, man. You got to really come bring me some facts, bro. Bring me some facts because 
just because, and I'm sorry I'm going on a little rant here, Vince, man. Oh, no, no. All the time you need, because you are popping up the podcast. Do your thing, bro. It it went from talking about our Instagram, and shout out to, you know, hey, at QP Sports Exchange. That's where you're going to find me. That's where you're going to find Vince. That's where you're going to find our content. But look, here's the deal. All right? Bring me facts when you're talking about LeBron. Just because LeBron had to learn to lose in the finals, where others had to learn to lose by losing in the playoffs or not making it to the playoffs at all, is it LeBron's fault? That's a legitimate question. Like, come on, guys. Like, it's a legitimate question. Jordan learned to lose by losing in the playoffs, by not making it to the playoffs, okay? LeBron Uh, can't help that he played in a weak conference in the East and all the powerhouses was in the West, the Golden State, the San Antonio Spurs. We, we, we look at these teams. When you talk about the Spurs, it's nothing but reverence. Nobody ever talks about the Spurs and go, oh, that was a, just a lucky team. Everybody talks about how they did it. They did it the Spurs way, the right way, whatever. So if you go give them props on that side, you can't condemn LeBron on the other. Stop that. That's low-hanging fruit. And for you Jordan fans out there that sit there and talk about 6-0, two things. Bro, two years in the middle where he missed and all those beatdowns that he took from Boston and Detroit before he learned how to, how to win. That's what I'm talking about. LeBron. This is 10 finals. Last five. We talked about this. So go to the archives, listen to the old pods, get caught up, get QP educated. Then come to us. See, Coach T, he come hard, but uh, this fire right here that come from me, I'm going to give it to you real. I don't want to hear the 6-0 Jordan talk. I don't want to hear it. Is he the greatest winner of all time? I said that on the last spot. Greatest winner of all time. 6-0, six final MVPs. Nobody has done it better. Nobody has granted better until LeBron James. For sure. And, so and- now, this is where we are. LeBron is a GOAT. Coach T said it. I co-signed. Go ahead, Coach T. There it is, man. And, and, and not to continue to kind of, uh, you know – go on and on but here's the deal man i'm gonna be real all right i love michael jordan right he's from he's from chapel hill he's from north carolina he owns the hornets in my city i i'm I'm a huge jordan fan i own a lot of his shoes uh he's my guy but coach t what size you wear size 12 Oh, you don't have to let me hold one. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Size 12. <laughs> oh, no, the correct answer. Ask, ask me that question again. Uh, uh, what's, what's your size? My size. <laughs> there you go. Not your size. My size. Hey, My yeah, size. For sure. But but listen, man, just guys, just come to me with facts. That's, that's all I ask, man. Like, opinions are – listen, we all have opinions. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. But if we're going to talk – uh, we're going to have a legitimate, healthy debate about LeBron versus Jordan. Let's at least talk about their skill sets. Because I think that you have a bigger, um, you, you got a bigger point to make there, right? LeBron is more that physical, you know, guy, you know, he, 
He's a pass-first mentality type player. He can do a little bit of everything. Jordan was a killer. You know what I'm saying? He's like he, he had the mid-range jumper. He he had the you know the patented fadeaway. He had the go-to moves. He could jump out the gym. Let's talk about skill sets if you're going to compare the two, because that's where you know Jordan is elevated a little bit. You know, in my mind. But if I had to, if I had to, you know, right now today. And this is off topic, but right now today, because I had this conversation, hey, shout out to my boy Milton Chavis. He's an excellent guy here in uh, North Carolina, man. He played, played uh, high school ball with John Wall. He's an um, assistant coach up at Word of God Academy right in Raleigh right now. Okay. We, we, we interact, man of God, Christian guy. We interact a lot on Instagram. Uh, follow Milton Chavis, in MDW Basketball, I believe, on, on Instagram. But he's an excellent follow. Uh, but, but, but we had this debate about Kevin Durant like Kevin Durant is the best player like when we talk about skill sets okay and I'm not talking about anything else all right skill sets Kevin Durant is the best player on the earth right now right when we talk about skill sets I'm talking about what he can provide at his height the shooting the passing as of late his ability to defend you know he's a champion now he has finals MVPs like Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet when we talk about skill sets. If I had to build the perfect player, give me LeBron's body and Kevin Durant's skill set. LeBron's durability and Kevin Durant's skill set. LeBron off the court, uh, you know, just his, his ability to be active in, in the community and the things that he does. Mix LeBron and Kevin Durant's skill set and you have the best player to ever play the game Ever in the NBA, ever in the history of the game. And I'm, I will admit that. All right. So I just want to be on record saying that because me and Milt had a had a real good um, <laughs> conversation about it. It's a lot of kind of stuff. He's, a, he's an excellent guy. And, and, and my, do- my dog is a hooper, too. Y'all follow him. Man, follow Milton, man. Y'all just got to follow, bro. My last name's Milton. His first name's Milton. That's how we really connected. And, it was, it was, and he's a Christian, man. The guy's just um, – he's an awesome follower, man. Shouts out to Milton. Shout out to Milton Chavis getting it done. Check this out. Follow that dude. Listen, we try to spread the love here at QP Sports Exchange. We are not trying to hold it all for ourselves. We want to shine our light, but we're not trying to extinguish anybody's light. So, shout out to him. Follow that dude because you'll get good content. Now, the other thing, Coach T, that we got to discuss is this final And I'm just going to say this one thing, 14 turnovers in the first half. The Lakers looked like a team that was up 2-0 and got real comfortable. Uh, You know, I tweeted earlier in that game that at the very, very beginning, and at the time Miami was winning. I think they were up probably maybe six points or something. And I said, you know what? Miami looks like they want to win tonight. Even after the Lakers came back, took the lead, I let that statement sit there because you, you can kind of see when a team just has that, that bounce in their step. Like, they're they, they going to get this one. And it happened. And then here's the thing. When Jimmy Butler puts up those type of numbers – I mean, if they lose, then, I mean, realistically, they don't have a chance to win ever because he put up a triple-double. Like, Jimmy Butler, we, we don't see this from him very often. We see the stretches in the fourth quarter where he, you know, defends well and he makes big shots and things like that. But Jimmy Butler put up a triple-double. 
Tyler Hero didn't have a good game. Like he, I don't think he's had a good game yet um, in the finals. Big shot in in the snarl has been all over. You know, social right. media the look he made. But look at the numbers, man. Before he made those, he put, he wasn't shooting the ball well at all. All right, so tonight in the game's on now because we, you know, um, yeah. I'll check that out here shortly. But I say tonight the Lakers win. I, I, I listen. I said Lakers in six because I know Miami's going to find a way to win one or two games. They're going to find a way. All right, whether somebody got hot, like I said it, I was on record saying it. Somebody's going to get hot, and Jimmy Butler got hot. Bam's back tonight. Um, you know, what kind of production he gives them, what, what type of numbers he puts up, uh, we don't know. But, uh, you know, I think tonight LeBron, he, they need to go up 3-1. They need that 3-1 feeling um, so that they can go into game five with just, you know, hey, again, feel comfortable. Uh, you, don't wanna, you don't want it to be 2-2. Two, two. You, you don't want it to be 2-2, two, two, man. I, I don't want to see it 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I don't think you will because here's the other stat that I threw out and Coach T. Coach saw it last week. So please go back, go to the archive pods so you can be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. I said that LeBron and AD had to combine for 55 points. In game three, they obviously did not. It was 40, so they were way below the number, and they got beat. That's what happened. So if AD... And LeBron, do not score 55. That is the number. That's the key number. So when you're watching this game tonight, and obviously there's going to be a game five, you watch out for that number. If LeBron and AD combine for 55 points, the Lakers have a really good shot of going up 3-1 and then go ahead and close this out. So that's what I'm looking forward to with uh, this series and how it plays out. I do want to give credit to Jimmy Butler. Because of the fact he scored 40 points with his triple-double, that's an amazing feat, okay? We are not going to allow people to just kind of brush over that. 40-point triple-doubles just don't happen, okay? Because usually you're hot and you don't pass the ball enough to get the assist. But for him to literally play a perfect game, because that's what he did, he found his teammates. He shared the basketball. He got super physical and rebounded the basketball with reckless abandon. He did everything he could for his team to be successful and win that game. I don't know if he can duplicate that for the next two or three games to get them back into the series. I just don't think he, I don't think he has enough in the gas tank to do it. I think he'll give everything he has because that's what Jimmy Butler is all about. But I'm looking at it, and I'm going, that was a performance of a lifetime for him, and I just don't think he can duplicate it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And as much as I like Jimmy Butler, I love his story, everything he's overcome. Um, God has used him to uh, be the face of just – you know, how to overcome adversity and, and stay focused and continue to pursue your dreams. So I love everything that he stands for and the story behind Jimmy Butler. But again, like I say, that game that we saw from him, it, it, it's not going if, – if, if he continues that, then, I, hey, look, I'm wrong. I'll be the first to say I'm wrong, but I do not see it happening. I don't see it happening. What needs to happen for L.A. 
right? Is they need to figure out the lineup that they're going to use. They're going to start the game with, right? Is it going to be JaVale McGee? Are we going to start him at least, right? Because I think Dwight Howard works better when you bring him off the bench. You know, you bring Dwight off the bench, let him be the energy, start with JaVale, right? And, and let Dwight Howard be the energy. When I was starting with Dwight Howard, and it's kind of – you're taking him out of that role that he was in that, that led to you guys being up, you know, 3-1 in the last two series. You get what I'm saying? That you played mm-hmm. so – why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Unless JaVale's hurt, which I don't think he is, right? I haven't heard anything like that. But let's start JaVale. Get what he you has get a, out of him. He has a sprained ankle that he's been dealing with okay. um, since uh, the Western Conference Finals. It's not bad enough for him not to play, but yeah. his effectiveness is limited because of the ankle. Okay. That that would explain it then. All right. That would explain it. And, and I, and I should have known that because – Something just didn't seem right. I mean, his lateral quickness is, is pretty good, especially, you know, on defense. He even he, He's out on the perimeter at times guarding, you know, smaller players, and he does pretty well for the most part, considering that he's a, a seven-footer. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that would explain it. That would explain it. Dang, like, how, did I, how did I not know that? JaVale was hurt. It was one of those things that was, like, really it was just in-depth local, uh, local broadcasting um, right. here in L.A., we got the information from um, – shout out to uh, Spectrum LA, Chris McGee, and the boys, James Worthy. You know about James. James oh, yeah. Worthy and the boys. Go Heels, baby. Big, big shot, Rob. Y'all do an incredible job on the post-game analysis, and I get a lot of information that way. But, yeah, he has an ankle injury. Now, I haven't heard about the ankle injury as in the last couple games, so I don't know if – like coach decision because of the flow and how everything is going, but he was dealing with an ankle injury, um, and that was really the last report. Well, we're gonna need you to come back, man. Uh, so tonight, I'm hoping that the Lakers pick up the dub. Uh, when you're listening to this episode, of course, uh, it'll be after the fact. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm predicting tonight, LA wins, man. I hope I hope to tune in, and when I tune in, I kind of I get that feel, man. If the Lakers are up double digits. You go ahead and chalk them up, right? Because because they're a team that when they get up double digits, they they don't tend to lose. But if it's a close game, like tick for tack the whole game, then that's one of those games where they they have the tendency to to potentially lose. Um, so or AD can always hit a game winner. But <laughs> yeah, you know uh, that. that's just kind of some of the signs that I've seen um, from the Lakers. You know, if they're out in transition and they're doing their thing and. Um, you know, KCP's hitting threes and Danny Green gets out of his runt that he's in, you know, starts making some of those corner threes and Cal Kuzma decides mm-hmm. to play basketball. Well, here's, here's the other thing. We keep, in, we keep on going back and saying, listen to the archive pods. We also talked about last week, and I thought it looked very striking in game three. We looked very smart in our pod last week, Coach T, and I'll tell you why. Their need for a third star showed up in game three. It was definitely definitely needed. When you, you just, like I say, when you go back to game two and you look at what led to the victory, of course, it was, you know, LeBron and it was AD, right? Exactly as you expected. You know, you, 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 you were right on the money when you predicted how many points need to be scored and things like that when you just start to kind of look into it a little bit deeper and you break down the other contributions of the players, 
you're like, okay, well, who else was it? It was Rajon Rondo. I keep telling people, I said this on the last pod. Again, tune in. We're seeing a Rondo in the playoffs that we won't see for 82 games, right? But because he was off an injury, he was fresh. We're seeing a Rondo that's defending, he's passing the ball, and he's scoring because he's realizing that they're not respecting him on the offensive end. So he's getting to the bucket. He's getting those little sneak layups, left, right hand. I mean, I've I've honestly seen him, maybe not in this series, but, you know, in the previous series, make a few three-pointers and just doing things, actually making his free throws, which Rondo historically has not been a great free throw shooter. So you got Rondo, and then you got KCP, who has become a decent shooter. That's who they're relying on to make, you know, three-pointers when they they need it. Cal Kuzma put up 11 points in game two. All right? If we can get – you know, we being the Lakers, y'all know I'm a Hornets fan, but I'm a LeBron fan, so I'm rooting for the Lakers. But Cal Kuzma needs to be in that 15, 16-point range every game. And you know what he's averaging he over in the, in, the, in the playoffs? What's that? He's averaging 10.6. Yeah, it's not enough. It's, not it's enough. not. And the thing that makes that even more striking, you are playing with the best passer in the league. You're playing yeah. with LeBron James. You got two. You could be able to get 10 points just on runouts. You got two of the best passes. And, and you knew something was wrong in game three when J.R. Smith got in the game. Mm. Like, because I, I tell people, they're like, J.R. Smith, he doesn't play. Look, they, listen, if J.R. Smith gets put in the game, there's one or two things that happen. Somebody got hurt, or the Lakers are losing that game, and they've already pretty much wave the white flag and say, hey, we're losing. Let's put J.R. Smith in the game. The fact that he was in the game told me they're losing game three, all right, because the coach doesn't make that type of decision. But like you say, he's playing with two of the best passes of all time, and LeBron James, Rondo. Game two, Rondo, another double-double, man. You get what I'm saying? Like, Rondo's balling, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care if you're not a Rondo fan, you're not a Rondo guy, but if you're a basketball person, you're a fan of the game and you're watching Rondo play, it's exciting to see him play at that level because a lot of people thought that we had, we've seen the best of Rondo. If you're getting nine and seven assists from your backup point guard, that's all you can ask for. I mean, literally, that's it. That's all you can ask for. I'm looking at it as a situation where they – this team, I don't, I don't see – I'm calling it right now. I don't think they come back as currently constituted. I believe, and I'm, what I mean by that is that there is a shakeup in the top tier talent. So you got one and two, whatever three is now will not be next year because they, they'll see through the tape and through the rest of this uh, series, which I honestly think it might go six. I, I'm thinking that if the Lakers win tonight, it's over, and I do believe they'll win tonight. Um, I think they'll go ahead and make some changes next year because I just can't see them asking a 36-year-old LeBron to average almost 36 minutes a game and 27 points in the playoffs and uh, 10 rebounds in the playoffs and nine assists in the playoffs and a steal and a block in the playoffs. That's what he's averaging. Nah, yeah, so, you can't do that. Can't do that. You gotta get them some help. You gotta get them some help. And and here's the thing: like we know what we're going into next year. I said this on the last pod that some killers coming out next year. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like when them when when those uh 
when them bears go into hibernation, you know what I'm saying? And when they come out, you know, they hungry. Like the salmon got to watch out. Like everybody got to watch out because they hungry and they coming. You know what I'm saying? They ain't eating a minute and all they can think about is eating. And all of y'all look like prey. And, and that's what's going on in Brooklyn. And, and, and I heard this this week too. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're talking about Paul George going to Brooklyn. Yo. Like, and, would that not be oh. the perfect fit for Paul George? <clears throat> because think I about mean, it. He doesn't have to do what the Clippers expected him to do, right? Now he can fill that role that, say, a, uh, I wouldn't even say Chris Bosh, because I think Chris Bosh played an important role with that Miami Heat team. That his you know what he would very be? very much needed. You know what he would be? He would be the perfect Jimmy Butler at that point. For sure. He can sit there and average – Anywhere between 18 to 22, get his seven rebounds, six assists, no pressure, because you got two other dudes who want to put up shots. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, he would love that. that now, here's, here's, here's the other rumor that I heard, and you can – listen, I need you to bring this to the barbershop, Coach T. Watch out for the Golden State Warriors. Because the rumor mill is buzzing, and here is the rumor as I have seen. The draft is coming up. We understand who's coming back for Golden State. The number two pick ends up in Indiana. Okay? They get back. Miles Turner, and they offload Allen Wiggins to Atlanta, and they end up with the sixth pick overall anyway. Oh, that's nasty right there. You know, Miles, I love his game, dude. I love his game. I love his progression since, he came, since he's, you know, coming to the league. He's only getting better every year. And he can stretch the floor a little bit. He can actually shoot a little bit. So I could see him actually stepping into a role with Golden State and fitting in pretty well because to go there, you have to be able to shoot. And I think that's why Andrew Wiggins just doesn't work for me there. He's not a consistent shooter. Like, he's – the guy has all the genes necessary to be a great player. I mean, it's in his blood – um, the athleticism, everything. I just don't know. And I've I seen uh, Andrew Wiggins play in the Jordan Brand Classic in the um, – they, they had, like, back in the day, like, when the Jordan Brand Classic was here in Charlotte, it was like a – they would have, like, a, a world game where it was, like, I think it was, like, 16U or, like, 15U. So, I think at the time, Andrew Wiggins was, like, 15. And I'm looking. I had no clue who he was, but I'm watching the game because when you get a ticket to the Jordan Brand Classic, you get to see all three games. Um, so I'm watching, I'm like, man, this kid, he's the only 15-year-old out here dunking on the fast break. He's making three. He's doing all kind of stuff. And I'm like, who is that guy? And come to find out it was Andrew Wiggins. And I'm like, you know, this guy could end up being pretty good, but I never seen him really progress. Like, he, he seemed to stay the same. Like, he just from the day he came in the league, he is who he is. And so he doesn't fit that Golden State. Uh, he just doesn't, doesn't fit there. So him going to Indiana may fit. It may, you know, maybe he gets the, you know, you know, it takes the Victor Oladipo route where he gets to Indiana and all of a sudden, you know, he figures it out and he becomes, you know, a good player. But Miles going to Golden State 
would be awesome. And then on top of that, them getting the number six pick and still being able to grab somebody, you know, to, to, to plug in. Cause they're going to, they, they're awesome <laughs> when it comes to drafting and player development. So, you know, don't give them the number six pick, man. They're going to figure it out. They're going to find a diamond in the rough, man. So, wow, that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. And actually, uh, Wiggins ends up in Atlanta in that deal. So what ends up happening, and this is courtesy of Bleacher Report. What they're saying is that LaMelo Ball goes first. Anthony Edwards is the number two pick. Golden State trades the rights to the number two pick to Indiana. They, in a sense, start all over. They become like a have a new Victor Oladipo and Anthony Edwards. And Wiggins ends up in Atlanta. So Indiana gets something else back other than the number number two overall pick. Plus, they get to shed that salary, Goldstein does. And they like this kid, um, and I'm trying to find the name. Let's see. It's a kid from like Israel, and I want to—I don't want to butcher his name because his mama gave it to him. Um, well, yeah, it's a kid from Israel, and he's supposed to be six eight, terrific passer, good outside shooter, just all the skill set that you know, that the Golden State Warriors would be looking for, you know, just completely skilled and all that. So if they end up with something like that, look out. There is going to be a problem anyway. Now you give them Miles Turner, somebody who was shot blocked, and now Draymond doesn't have to carry the load inside by himself. It's going to be ugly. So, yeah, the Lakers definitely need to figure out who they're going to get next year because the West is loaded. And if these rumors are true, and I, I don't see why they wouldn't be because Golden State is very – they're very cerebral when it comes to their basketball team. Very mm-hmm. cerebral. So yeah, they know what fits. They they know their system and they know what pieces fit. And I think last year they just had guys there. They didn't really care. I'm not gonna say they didn't care, but they knew that the season was a wash. So when you have D'Angelo there at one point in time, right? I think D'Angelo Russell was was in there, right? State and you know Andrew. Well, I just think it's like why not? Okay, all right, we'll try it. You know, we know we ain't going nowhere this year. We don't have our stars. So, um, but once everybody's back and you know. Golden State's going to make the decisions that they need to make to put the team on the floor that's going to compete for a championship. I mean, they've been there. They've done it. Um, they've proven themselves year in and year out. So um, you can never sleep on the two greatest shooters to ever play the game, healthy and playing 82-game season. So, uh, look, watch out for them. Brooklyn, watch out for them. The up-and-coming young teams, watch out for them. Philadelphia, new coach, maybe Doc gets those guys on a run. You got Boston. You got – it's just so much coming back next year that the Lakers cannot go into to, to, to next season with that same roster. It can't happen. If they do, um, look, I love LeBron. He's my guy. But I don't see them um, winning a championship if they don't improve that roster next year. 
you guys have heard it here first. We want to thank you again for joining us on another QP Sports Exchange. And you can guys can get at us on the ground now. QP Sports Exchange has its own ground page. You want to get to Coach T, you want to get to me, that's where you can find us. Link up with us. Tell us what you want to hear on the program. If we didn't get to your team and you want to know what's going on, hit us up. But you can get all that information at QP Sports Exchange on Instagram. So, Coach, do you have any final words? Yeah, uh, real quick before we get out of here, man, if you follow me on QP Sports Exchange, if you follow Vince on QP Sports Exchange, don't hesitate to shoot us a DM, man. Like, we're open for any feedback, any comments, concerns, man. I would love to kind of, you know, create a cool segment where we where we read out some, you know, not not really fan mail, but some of our peers that, that necessarily, you know, they do podcasting just like us, and they may have an opinion on sports and you know, hey, I'm, I'm cool. I'm open to answer questions. Vince, open to answer questions. So, you know, we're open to that. And shouts out to all our new followers, man. I just started the page. You know, I, you know, Vince gave me the green light to kind of get behind it and, you know, get it going. So we're working on it. We're building it. It's going to be excellent. Give us another week or two. You're going to see a completely different page. It's kind of like you buy that house and it has an unfinished basement. And then, you know, you finish the basement and now you just added some equity into the home. Hey, that's what's going on. We got an unfinished basement on the page. You know what I'm saying? But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna deck that thing out with three bedrooms and a workout room and a flat screen on the wall and all that, man. So, hey, it's on the way, man. Y'all stick with us, man. Shouts out to all the followers, though, man. We appreciate the love for sure. Yo, yeah, we're completely blessed to have you guys. And, and we do it for you. And we're always looking to improve. And we want to interact every last one of you hit us up qp sports exchange on the instagram so then we can go ahead and interact with you it links to our twitters and bios and things of that nature so look us up get with us and if there's something that you want to talk about if there's something that hasn't been brought up let us know because it's for you that we do this for so coach t on that note we got a we got a game for it that we got to get to, man. Yes, so, sir. And I, hey, about to, about to make something to eat and get to it, man. We'll go ahead and uh, set you know, set the scene for you. But yeah, man, appreciate it, man. God is good, man. We we definitely gonna talk to you guys next week for sure. For sure. So get out there, get all your people to vote. Okay, be good in your community as far as sign, and don't let anybody extinguish your light. And for Coach T. Myself, QP Sports Exchange, baby, we out.